Hi, this is Russ Streiner. Uh, I played the character of Johnny in Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 version. Um, I don't know why you're listening to Throbbing with Horror, but that, that's your business. Fiends and Horror Hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, but I can't get enough. Enough of what? The stuff. Are you eating it, or is it eating you? Man, you were on me to watch this movie for so long, I remember. Oh, yeah. I Why did I wait so long to watch this? It's ridiculous, isn't it? But it's so much fun. Like, I love this movie. This movie is something else. I can't believe it exists, but I'm so glad that it does. Yeah, it's like it's an evil ice cream movie that's also like kind of a spy movie. Yeah, it's like corporate espionage, like mixed in with alien goo and then turns into a war movie at the end. I it's I can't describe it. No, it's all it's like they took like four different scripts that were half finished and duct taped them together with Michael Moriarty. Yeah, and Man, Michael Moriarty's making some choices in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's Mo, because uh, anytime someone gives him money, he just wants Mo. And we get that explanation quite a few times. And his random southern accent he has in this movie? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's just for, no like, no reason. It's just, and it's, like, super thick at times. Oh, yeah, like, and to varying degrees. Like, when we first meet him, it's, like, the first scene, he's like, oh, I'm gonna be southern mo here for sure also his name's david i think we've only called him david like once the whole movie because everyone calls me mo but yeah he's just going crazy with the accent at the beginning and then he slowly loses interest in it i think throughout the movie yeah he's like well it's like god damn it like this is going on more than i thought it would go on for also like michael moriarty is kind of famous for being difficult to work with i you told me that before i that's it's just weird something he I've doesn't heard. strike me as a dick. Like that's something I think I heard it on I forget where, but it's one of my like thing documentaries I watched on it. And they're like, yeah, he's kind of in, like difficult to work with. But I fucking love Michael Moriarty. To where like I would pull back up, I was like, because back in October, me and Greg did our top ten actors, uh, horror actors, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I put Michael Moriarty on there, and I did. He's number eight. <laughs> You did. I do remember him being on. Is he still with us? I believe so. Let me check. He should be because I think. Uh, yeah, I think he's still alive. It's weird. I haven't seen him in anything except for these Cohen movies. Well, because he's a like a very like background actor. Like he's a supporting act, uh, character actor. That's what they're called. But like Larry Cohen would just make him the star of his movies just because he liked them. I mean, I can see why. Honestly, um. Also, happy seventy fifth episode. Yeah, 75 and still going. Yeah, I saw that today, like, randomly, like, right before we started recording. I was like, I wonder what number we're at. And I was like, oh, shit, this is 75, and we're doing the stuff. I love this. <laughs> we didn't really go big episode, like, 25, we did Plan 9, 50, we did Freddy vs. Jason, 75, the stuff. Well, the stuff, I feel, is it's worthy of it, because we've brought it up, like, so many times over the course of the show. Because I would constantly remember, like, oh, yeah, you've never seen the stuff, have you, Greg? <laughs> no, but I've also learned, since watching it, I've looked some stuff up. Do you know how easy it is to find screen-used stuff cups? Because there were so many of them in the movie. Oh, I want one so bad for my desk. Yeah, I think I'm going to get one. I was thinking about that. Too. Like, Man, like, I really want one of these stuff containers. Uh, I'm so happy to hear this because whenever I go with my weird choices, either Greg's going to love it or he's going to hate it. Usually there's not like, oh, it was kind of okay. Usually it's one extreme or the other. And I was wondering how you would react to the stuff. I, I enjoy it enough. I don't, I'll throw, I don't think it's a good movie. No. I really don't. Man, did I have a fun time. Like, it's not a good movie. I don't think I could argue the fact that it's a good movie but man i'm not complaining one bit that i watched it it's not boring no well there are times in the middle i won't lie it does start to drag a bit but 
all those good parts definitely make up for it. Yeah. So you want to get into it? Yeah. Um. The, it's uh the stuff from 1985, written, directed, and produced by Larry Cohen. We get the Edward trifecta. Man, we haven't had a trifecta in a while. That's good to hear. No, I looked that up, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he did that for this movie. And yeah, fucking hail Larry Cohen. Like, he's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like most of the stuff we've seen of him so far. But then again, I don't know if it's Cohen or Moriarty that I like. You know, I think it's the combination of those two together. Oh, that makes sense. It's like, a, oh, who's like a good one, you think? Like a Johnny Depp and Tim Burton in the 90s? Oh, yeah. They're always together. Yeah. So, I gotta ask you, when you find a strange bubbling blob on the ground, what's your first instinct? Well, I'm immediately gonna put it in my mouth, because I'm a child, like, that's, uh, I'm a baby that's learning things that tease on it, everything. So, yeah, I'm immediately gonna eat it, and then just be like, mm, this is the best thing in the entire world. It looks like they're working in a coal yard in the winter, these guys. And the one just finds this weird bubbling white gelatinous liquid... And instantly taste it. Look, there's an easier write around for this. You have it splash since it's bubbling and gets on his lips, and he accidentally tastes it. The way this buffoon just reaches into the ground to try the earth bugs me to no end. Yeah, and like you said, they're in like this like mine. They're like in middle of like a strip mine kind of thing. It looks like, and so my immediate thing would be like, oh, it's some kind of weird chemical, or we hit like some weird pocket of some stuff that's like. It's some weird sulfur thing or something. I don't know. But I'm not going to think that it's good. It's going to be toxic. You're going to believe. Yeah, like, and like, there's a super easy write around. You just have it splash the guy in his face and he gets some in his mouth. Well, that's putting way too much thought into this movie, Greg. We got to keep moving. Not really. That's really not a lot of thought. In fact, it saves time if you're worried about it. Keep going, because then you have the weird exchange between him and the other guy. I don't eat snow. I don't eat things off the... No, try it. Try it. You get rid of that whole thing right there. It doesn't even look like snow. It looks like marshmallow fluff. Dude, so I gotta talk about that. Thank you. The consistency of the stuff, depending on the scene, changes wildly. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's liquid Taco Bell shit consistency sometimes it's like uh it's like actually looks like it's clay sometimes it's marshmallow fluff yeah like sometimes it's like a mousse sometimes it's ice cream sometimes it's just like slop i don't know what this is oh i love like at the end when they like get to like where a lot of it's bubbling out and there's just the pustules of it just like oozing the stuff yeah it's it's something look i i'd be lying though if i said i didn't want to try it it looks good when it looks good. Oh, it makes me want ice cream so bad. Yeah, I think it was marshmallow fluff for me. Like, man, I could go for marshmallow fluff. See, I was never a big, like, the only, I'm not a huge marshmallow fan. I'll go with it if it's, like, a s'more. But, like, just to eat marshmallow fluff, I don't know if I could do it. Oh, I definitely could. But he comes up with a genius idea. Hey, there might be enough we could sell it to people. I bet we'd make a lot of money. And then cut to, uh, I guess, a few months later. Is that what you'd think? Oh, yeah. It's like smash cut to the stuff is like dethroned Coca-Cola as like the number one thing. And like every like all these like heads of all these like businesses, it's like ice cream tycoons are like getting together to be like, how do we take down the stuff? Like, it's amazing how it goes from like they look like they're homeless to they own Apple. Yeah, pretty much they're like millionaires overnight. Exactly. Right here's where we meet Jason, who, at first, I hate this kid, but by the end, he delivers my favorite simple line in the entire movie. But <laughs> we get him yeah. sneaking downstairs because he's hungry in the middle of the night, and his asshole dad's like, I could have shot you! I thought you were a burglar! Get to bed! Yeah, and he, like, sp he like, sp uh, like spanks his ass while he's, like, going away. He's like, bad! And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and but also Jason is weird because like he opens the fridge, he sees like the stuff containers fallen over and the stuff is moving and he closes the fridge and that little thing right there is what causes him to go completely insane and like turn on everybody. I mean, it, it's justified at the end when you see it actually is something, but it's like, but he doesn't know that. No, exactly. So he's, like, turning on his family. He immediately runs to a grocery store here in a little bit and destroys it. <laughs> Dude, the grocery store trashing is the best, isn't it? 
Oh, it's so much fun to watch. And you know that kid actor had such an amazing time that day. He's like, you mean I just get to go around and, like, smash things? Fuck yeah. Oh, dude, you can see him, like, corpsing a bit from time to time. He starts smiling and laughing while he's doing it when he's supposed to be all angry. And he is angry most of the time, but during that scene, every now and then you'll catch him, like, smiling and laughing while he's trashing everything. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, this is just a great time. Even if I'm not right and the stuff isn't this evil alien thing, I just had a good, like, core memory just made of, like, oh, I remember that time I trashed the entire grocery store. Yeah. Like you said, we cut to our former guys that were working in the coal yard are now the business tycoons on a yacht, and a small little boat comes to meet them, and they're talking about, we have to find out what it is. Oh, wait, no, these are other people, not those people. These are businesses that have been put out from the stuff that right. basically took over for them. So ice cream companies, dessert companies, all that kind of stuff. And they're talking about, like, oh, man, we really don't want to do business with this guy, but we have no other choice. And, like, he's a prick. He's an asshole. They're calling him all kinds of names and whatnot that comes up in just a minute. But, yeah, this tiny little boat comes up and delivers the savior of this movie, Michael Moriarty, as David Moe Rutherford. Man, look, one, two things about this scene. Did you notice, like... And I heard other people say this, because I looked it up. I thought it was just, like, my TV for a minute. All of a sudden, I thought we were watching Italian Horror for a second, because this whole boat scene, something is off with the audio in the picture. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just this boat scene, though, but I'm like, is everyone here dubbed? Like, it was weird. But also, that's just what, neither here nor there. I love Moriarty because, like I said, the beginning is when he's most southern in this movie and it slowly goes away throughout the movie. But he shakes everyone's hair like, oh, there's a sweaty palm there. Sweaty <laughs> palm there. Oh, another sweaty palm. He's like, you got a sweaty palm for me? Yes, you do. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> they want him to infiltrate the stuff and find anything he can, how they make it, anything like that. Some dirt on it, you know, just take him down. Yeah, we find out that David is basically, um, he used to be in the FBI, but he got kicked out, and now he's like a private investigator, basically. Yeah, he's also very upset with them that they were talking shit on him, because he bugged them for yeah. reasons. I love that he's like, oh yeah, I just happened to find myself walking through your motel room last night, and just slipped this in your jacket pocket. And they all, and it's like a little bug, then they all check their all, all their other pockets, they're like, god fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh and they also have the great line of um you're not as stupid as you look are you or and he's like no no nobody is as stupid as i look yeah <laughs> he has some great unintentionally great lines of this doesn't he and it's just like the way he delivers it just so matter of fact and just like throwing it out there not like delivering it just like throwing it at kind of at you just like huh you know Oh, yeah, he's chewing up the scenery every time he's on camera. Oh, yeah, and I love it. We cut to our family again, Jason and his family. It's him, his older brother, and mom and dad. Family breakfast, and Jason will not eat the stuff for breakfast. Apparently, the family is pretty much converting all their food intake to strictly the stuff. Yeah, they've gotten rid like, you're thinking, like, okay, I'm going to walk down this morning. Maybe mom and dad made sausage gravy or, like, some bacon and eggs. So it's like, no, it's like... You're all eating the ice cream stuff again? And to the point he, like, throws it at the wall and runs away. And the mom is just, instead of being angry, she's just like, It doesn't even spot. Doesn't leave a stain. It tastes great. Is low in calories. Doesn't spot. And he doesn't like it. Yeah, she goes into, like, she's doing a commercial mode again. Speaking of commercials, look, they are littered through this movie. So many of them. And I just want to take a quick minute to talk about how great they are. Okay. The first one we get is this weird, like, lady talking about, when I was a girl, I thought ice cream was the best thing, but now I'm a big girl, and I found a new favorite thing. It's, this one's weird. Yeah. But it's also entertaining as all hell. But holy shit, they got the where's the beef lady in this movie. Yes, and did you see who's right beside her, the old man, Abe Vigoda? Yeah. Why, how did they pull this off? Because one look, in the 80s, Where's the Beef Lady was basically a god. Oh yeah, she was so huge in the 80s. And Abe Vigoda came from the fucking Godfather. How did they do this? I don't know. This like, weird Cohen movie. Yeah, this weird Cohen movie starring Michael Moriarty about evil ice cream. 
But yeah, it has the Where's the Beef Lady and fucking uh, Abe Vigoda for like 30 seconds. And just for no reason. <laughs> Where's the stuff? Yeah, it's so great, though. And it makes me want Wendy's. Yeah. Dude, and so the jingle was also introduced in some of these commercials. I can't get enough of the stuff. I, I knew you were going to do it. I'm like, I, I don't know how it goes exactly. Don't worry. I'm sure Brett will say it right here. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of the stuff. It's it's oddly catchy, though. It did run through my head that whole day I watched it. Oh, it's been stuck in my head all day today when I was, like, running around doing some errands. I was just, like, singing the stuff, like, in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut back to Mo. He's at the lab, and they're testing the stuff, and pretty much inconclusive. They can't find anything. He says, well, we're going to have to steal it then, the recipe. And then it cuts to these models on a runway shooting a stuff commercial, and Mo interrupts. I do wonder, because we already mentioned commercials, if this product is so addicting and everything like that, like, they have stuff stands that allegedly just sell the same stuff that's in the grocery store, and, like, things like that, it's all over the place. Why are you even bothering with so much of a commercial budget? Well, yeah, I'm guessing it's to convince, like, anyone that hasn't already eaten the stuff to be like, oh, well, everyone else is eating it, I should too, and then they get addicted. Now, jumping to the end, I have a question here. Yeah. So, are we to believe, like, anyone who has eaten this stuff once dies, or just the people who, like, went crazy on it? I mean, I'm I'm guessing the people that just went crazy on it, because there's still people at the end, like, smuggling the stuff like it's cocaine, and, like, you know they're not getting it as much as they were able to before, but they can still, like, they're still alive. Okay, because I was going to say, like, imagine Coca-Cola turned out to be some, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not good for you. Right. But turned out to be this evil alien, like, liquid, and anyone who drank it died. Dude, that's most of the world gone right there. So I'm assuming it's just, like, the stuff-addicted people? Oh, yeah, I don't even like Coca-Cola as, like, a soda. If I'm going to go soda, I'm going to go Mountain Dew. But I've had Coke probably, like, exactly. already this year. Just because sometimes you're going through fast food and you're like, I don't know, I don't want a Sprite. Okay, just give me a Coke. I'll drink, like, four drinks of it and throw it away. <laughs> you get that crispy McDonald's Sprite. Oh, that there's something about it. Yeah, it's different. I don't care what people say. It is different. Liz sent me this great meme that it was uh, the reason why McDonald's Sprite is so good. It's because it comes right from the source. And it's like a Sprite, like weird, like cow creature that they're milking like the like Sprite out of its like teats. I believe it. It's like a uh, Luke Skywalker and uh, milking the weird sea cow. Oh, yeah. That moment. Um, but when he in interrupts the model commercial he just walks up to the director like and just cuts her off completely like i don't like to wait you look like you're someone who doesn't like to wait i believe you don't like to wait is that correct yeah i love how he's just like anyone else would try, probably try to have a little bit of like oh kind of slip in there start talking to her kind of introduce he just goes in. he's like okay no everyone take a break everyone we're done now leave I got to talk to the director. Okay, yep, you come this way. And he, like, grabs her and, like, makes her sit down and shit. Yeah, she becomes a main character. Her name is Nicole. And so what? she's, like, head of public relations for the stuff, I guess, like or marketing. She's the one who came up with the name, isn't she? Yeah, like, the name and, like, the look of the logo and whatnot. Yeah, and, like, obviously he's directing commercials and everything. And he says he wants to hire her, and he works for a petroleum company. Right. And, like, well, let's go out to eat. And she goes, well, does your hotel have room service? Michael Moriarty is just apparently laying it on and it's working. Like, oh. he has no issues here. Michael Moriarty is who Reggie from Phantasm wishes he was. Because Reggie in all those movies never gets laid. He gets really close, but he never seals the deal. Michael Moriarty just stumbles his way into getting laid. Yeah. It, very effortlessly at that. Yeah, just immediately she's like, oh... Uh, you're gonna like give me millions of dollars? Yeah, let's just go back to your hotel room. <laughs> yeah, we're bouncing back and forth. I know between Mo and Jason, they will come together like, soon enough. The it's, but oh, I gotta. Whenever they come together, it's the most like razor thin <laughs> like wire that connects those two, and it still doesn't make sense how they actually still meet. No, and why they stay together, but yeah. we'll get there. 
Uh, we have Jason at the grocery store, and there's this little boy in a shopping cart eating the stuff, and he smacks it out of his hand into the ground and just goes on the grocery store rampage we were talking about, where he just destroys all the displays and everything, and the stuff is throwing tubs on the ground, knocking it down with a broom. He's going wild. He breaks the glass because some of the stuff is refrigerated, some of it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, and I also love it's like the wacky store employees are trying to stop him, but they're like slipping and sliding. It looks like an impractical Joker's sketch, the entire thing going on. Oh yeah, 100%, where they're like, you gotta throw the stuff from one aisle to the other. Exactly. But he's just gone insane, wrecks it all, and finally the wacky employees basically dogpile on him and stop him. Yeah, and I want to know what his plan was. Does Jason just now not give a shit? He's like, I saw the stuff move one time. My family's acting weird. They're acting like pod people. Like, okay, uh... Yeah, it is all from, uh, maybe he saw the stuff move. Like we said, he makes the right choice, but he's really reaching here. That could have just been a... It's, it was, what they said, like 4 a.m. or 2 a.m. that he was down there in the middle of the night. You probably, your eyes were playing tricks on you, bud. Yeah, and he's still, like, young, so, like, you have an active imagination. You see things sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Next is Mo at Mr. Vickers' house, who Mo's posing as a consumer magazine reporter, and Mr. Vickers is a member of the FDA. Which I'm glad they at least brought this up, because in my head I'm like, imagine getting the alien slop past the FDA, but... They kind of write for it, so it makes sense. I also love the dog that's in it, and, like, Mo starts talking to the dog, being like, why is your master afraid of you? You're just a good boy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, because, well, real quick, he talks to him, like, no, we had no reason not to approve it. If some people are allergic, that's something, but, yeah, it seemed like it was a fine product for most of the people. We don't really test the food, it's more the drugs, we just make sure the food's okay. But anyway... Mo walks around when the guy goes upstairs to get some files for him, and he opens up, like, to the kitchen, and there's just, like, a pyramid of stuff containers on the table. Oh, the entire room is, like, almost filled with just stuff. Yeah. Also, this is the most I will ever say, and this was the most I ever had to write the word stuff. Yeah, and thank God it's not a longer name, or it's, like, not, like, a weird, like, name that's hard to remember. It's just, okay, the stuff is easy to remember, and... Well, it's also, it's just like the movie, where it's just, like, easy to remember, and it gets stuck in your head. Yeah, definitely. Like the song. Can't get enough of the stuff. (laughs) Uh, During the interview, he says he eats it, and so does his dog. And there's this little throwaway line that the panel who approved it is all out of the country or deceased, curiously. Um, He leaves Mo, and then Mr. Vicks is attacked by his dog, and this is the part. As the dog attacks him, the dog unplugs the phone. Yeah, the dog's smart enough to, like, know to rip the phone line out of the wall. Yeah, and the guy's screaming, Please! I'll buy more! I'll buy more! (laughs) (laughs) And there's this, uh, the dog kind of turns, like, weird stuff mutant at this point, doesn't it? Like, it looks weird. Like, the stuff comes out of the dog's mouth for a minute, but then goes back in. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Very similar to uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie late in the movie. Oh, I love Chocolate Chip Charlie. (laughs) Oh, dude, me too. Which, speaking of, this is his introduction right here. Yeah, the cookie magnet that also knows knows Kung Fu. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Never mind. Why am I looking for logic? Look, Mo goes to this ghost town where the stuff, the people must have found the stuff originally, and the town's pretty much abandoned. He goes to the gas station, and he's just... He's talking to the guy, like, yeah, no one really here. He's, have you ever seen that car before? He's like, no, how about that? Two strangers in one day. Mo goes up to the car, and he's attacked by Chocolate Chip Charlie. Yeah, and he attacked as in, like, Chocolate Chip Charlie jumps over the car and, like, Kung Fu kicks him. Yeah, and then we find out that they're also, he's also investigating because his board of directors kicked him out, I guess, somehow related to the stuff, so they could start selling the stuff, too, I think. Yeah, basically, like, he used to be, like, the head of the company, and, like, his, like, uh, his, like cookies were, like, uh, you go to, like, Ann, a grocery store, and you see, like, uh, Annie Ann's, I think, or there's, like, the ones that are just called Grandma's Cookies that, like, everyone loves. Yeah. 
And like, but now he's been dethroned. And I love that he's just on his own like Rambo mission of like, I'm going to get my cookie empire back. So like you said, he's the head of this company. Also seems like he's the public face of it too. Like, because people recognize him once in a while. But he also, like you said, is a Kung Fu expert, like with deadly martial arts strikes that he employs a lot. Yeah, we're think. Things- he says, like, my hands are, like, lethal weapons and whatnot, like. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, okay, this guy's just insane, but he actually does, because he attacks a bunch of people later. Yeah, and he's actually good. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Uh, they find out all the residents have re- relocated to Midland, Georgia, because that's where all their mail's being forwarded to. They hear a noise, because Charlie and Mo are kind of working together here. They hear a noise in the post office, they go back, and there's a dead body there. And then later we get a shot of that same dead body and stuff crawls out of its mouth, gets away. They go outside and they're attacked and they start fighting back and Chocolate Chip Charlie's like punching people's heads in literally, like just caving in. Oh yeah, this is where you find out that like the stuff like hollows you out basically. Yeah, it's like people that do so much cocaine and they have like no nasal cavity left and they're if they get punched in the nose it just like collapses. Oh yeah, like Artie Lang. Exactly, that kind of thing. But your whole body from the stuff. But they get away on a random boat they find, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I love how just, like, they're, like it's constantly of, like, uh, characters go to place, things happen, characters leave place, next scene happens. Dude, I also gotta say, crazy Count of the Dead in this movie that I was not expecting. Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big one. I was shocked. I'm like, really? This for the stuff? But, okay. Yeah, where we're coming off a scream that had, like, what, eight, I believe? And now we're going to see where we are here. Yeah. Also, the dead post office body gets up real quick in a scene, and that's about it. Um, Mo and Charlie are at a diner, and he tells Charlie to go to D.C. to talk to this FBI agent. Who knows? He won't trust him, but maybe he'll listen to him. Am I do am I alone in feeling like there was a scheduling conflict with Chocolate Chip Charlie, and so they had to write him out for most of the movie? Yeah, or it's like, oh, we only have him for so long, exactly. Where it's like, oh, you go on the um, casino adventure to try to find the master hacker now, like. Yeah, and I won't lie, I kind of love them together. I could have gone for a whole movie of Mo and Charlie out there investigating crimes. Oh yeah, Mo with his one-liners and Chocolate Chip Charlie just like doing kung fu shit. Yeah, I would have loved it. Like, that's a movie on its own right there. Oh, yeah. Mo is back in New York City. He's walking down the street, and someone at a stuff cart gets on the walkie-talkie radio. It's like, I see him. Here he comes. And a stuff van tries to run him over, and that's it. It misses. And they I thought they were going to grab him and throw him in the van or something, but they don't. Yeah, I love how the stuff, like, literally replaces everything. There's no more hot dog carts on the street. It's the stuff carts. There's, like, not ice cream shacks. There's the stuff shacks that's, like, right beside McDonald's. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's also very much right by a real McDonald's, which, when at the end, when that one shack blows up, do they literally, like, incinerate a building right next to a working McDonald's? It looks like it, because it looks like the McDonald's probably got hit by some shit, because it's really close. We did Cue the Winged Serpent also by Cohen, and we're talking about them just raining bullet shells down from the Chrysler building, so yeah, I can believe it. Oh yeah, well this is like 85, like, guerrilla filmmaking, I could see him just being like, we don't care, just do the shot, we, all all that matters is the shot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Moe's interviewing uh, another business guy, this one works for the stuff, am I correct? I believe so, yes. And he tries paying Mo off and hiring him as their security supervisor. Gives him a big old wad of cash. Yeah, and uh, of course Mo's going to take it because he's like, oh yeah, I want some more money. Yeah. Then it shows him walking around with Nicole again. Tells her the truth about who he is and everything. Look, I see why you got kicked out of the FBI, Mo. This is way too early to be revealing your secrets. Well, and he's also just, like, he just seems so shady once again. Like, Mikey, Michael Moriarty's playing the anti-hero of, like, same thing as, like, Cue the Winged Serpent, where he's not a good guy, but he's our hero. Yeah. Oddly, a very unlikely hero, but the one we will take nonetheless. And thank you. 
<laughs> yes, very much. More Moriarty movies, please. Oh yeah, that'd be great. He sees a newspaper article about the boy trashing the stuff display at the store. He's like, we gotta get this kid. And that is the razor-thin thing that connects Mo to Jason. Exactly. Well, that's the only line we get about, they're like, okay, like, oh, this kid knows what he's talking about. We need to, like, go save him and get him. But they don't even say it. It's not even about saving. It's just like, oh, we need to go get him, like this 10-year-old kid. And then the next time we see him together is, like, Mo just pulling up in front of Jason's house to, like, literally be like, jump in the car! I saw it move, too! That's real soon, actually. That's pretty much we're building to that, because we're back with Jason and his family. He goes downstairs, and his family's trying to give him the stuff. He tries running away, and his brother grabs him, brings him in, and gives him a pint of the stuff. They're like, go upstairs and don't come down till you've eaten it. Okay, so here's the thing. He has half a good idea here. Because he takes it upstairs, dumps it in the toilet, and flushes the toilet. Right. That's all you needed to do. Yeah. Come or, downstairs. Mmm, that was great, wasn't it? Or you like I like his idea of putting like you empty out the container and then fill it with shaving cream is c- half a good idea like you said. But you don't have to fill it with sa- shaving cream. Put a little bit at the bottom so when you're walking downstairs, you take like two bites of it and then you're like, "I'm done." Yeah. He fills the whole tub up with shaving cream, coming downstairs, acted like he's eating it, and he is eating shaving cream. He's just taking bites and scoops of Barbasol that he's eating. Yeah, and he eats, like, four or five, like, spoonfuls. Oh, yeah, it's... I don't... I mean, I know this stuff is some weird alien. I almost feel like that's safer than the shaving cream. Yeah, really, like, and especially, this is 1985 shaving cream, so, like, who knows what's in it? Yeah, I mean, still, I think it's, like, alcohol-based. Like, yeah. not the good kind, either. I don't think you want to be eating it. I also love this, like, his brother tries to get, like, a finger full of it, and he's like, no, this is mine, you get your own. But he catches, like, this isn't the stuff, and he runs away into the street. The family's chasing after him, and right then, Mo pulls up, like you said, I saw it move, too, get in! Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, I'll jump in your car with you, strange man. Yeah, this isn't odd at all, but hey, it works. I guess Stranger Danger didn't exist yet, or he just is a dumb kid. The next thing that pops into my mind is Mo takes him to an alleyway and is like, I'll, sh- I'll, I'll show you it, move. And he's like, no! Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but here is the line of the fucking movie. He throws up in the back seat, obviously. Yeah. He just ate shaving cream. And he's like, I'm sorry I threw up. Oh, it's okay. I ate a bunch of shaving cream. <laughs> Mo says, I have the quote, everybody has to eat shaving cream once in a while. When? <laughs> when? And like, he just so nonchalantly says it, just like, okay, kid, whatever you say. <laughs> like, it's so hilarious. Brett, have you ever had to eat shaving cream in any situation in your life? I've never had to. Me neither. What is going on in Moe's life where this seems like a, yeah, that that checks out. He's like, oh, we've all been there before. You're lonely. It's Friday night. You're alone with your shaving cream. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure this counts as a kidnapping, too, especially because he gets to this, like, little airport hangar, like, little private plane. Him, Nicole, and then they take Jason with them on the airplane and travel with this basically kidnapped child, granted willingly, across state lines. Yeah. Uh, Mo is a felon now. I was about to say, they travel across state lines with a child that's not theirs. Like, this is insane. Yeah. But they go to Georgia to meet with the stuff execs, all the ones who are having their mail forwarded to Georgia. And they get there, and they just... Jason's sleeping when they land, and they tell the pilot, uh, let him sleep it off. Entertain him if he wakes up. Yeah, and it's so weird, like, yeah, just leave, like, you don't even, you had know nothing about this kid, you just saved him, like, thank god you saved him, but now you're just like, oh yeah, just leave him on the plane, he'll be fine, like, we're only being chased by, like, the stuff agents. Yeah, by an alien goo and its weird minions. And I love how, like, they, like, the stuff minions, like, get them, where they, they literally back a tanker truck up to the airplane and, like, throw, like, put a hose, hose through the window and just start filling it up with the stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, that's all you need to do. It's delicious already. We've also, like, at this point, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the stuff acts a lot like the blob. Oh, very much, which is funny. I just watched the blob, like, a week or two ago, the 80s one. Yeah. And watching that right before watching this, yeah, you're dead on. Very much like the blob. Yes. So they're meeting with the stuff execs, and Nicole's like, I hope you don't mind, I brought my male secretary with me. And so he's posing as the secretary, they're in the car with them. And they get to the facility and get a tour of the inside facility of basically just workers filling up pints. Pretty easy job, to be honest. Good gig if you can get it. I love, like, every new group of people that Mo meets. He's, like, a different, like, he, like, says he has a different job. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. if he's, So that way also people can't trace the random guy who keeps stopping. You change the story every time. Yeah. Then we cut back to the pilot, and the pilot is killed by the stuff. It, like, jumps on it, on his face and, like, smothers him, I guess? Yeah, it almost acts like an alien face hugger, where it, like, latches onto your face and, like, yeah, suffocates you. Yeah, and Jason runs away. Um, that night, they're in a motel room. I guess they become a couple. I know a lot of stuff was cut from this movie. I've seen in interviews since I've watched it now, and I did some of my research, and Cohen said there was a lot cut out. I'm assuming, however, Nicole and Mo become, like, a couple was cut. Yeah, I think there was another, like, hour of footage they had that got cut out of the movie that cut out a lot of things that explained how things happen. <laughs> yeah, but they're in, they're in their motel room laying there, and the stuff comes out of the pillow and attacks Mo. So basically, they, it was a hit job. They knew who, they weren't who they said they were, and had stuffed a pillow with the stuff and <laughs> jumped out at night and attacks Mo. Yeah, it's hilarious. It also reminds me of like Nightmare on Elm Street of like uh the stuff like coming out of the bed. It's almost like the blood coming out of the bed with Johnny Depp. Yeah, and definitely. At this, and at this point like some random man in a flannel shirt runs into the room and is now attacked by the stuff where it like uh, pins him against the wall and like puts him up against the ceiling just like the uh one girl from nightmare yeah very much so yeah i think they even use the same like spinning room tech and everything it seems like yeah but i love that like the knowing the behind the behind the scenes stuff of like how they do that of like oh yeah it's a spinning room and whatnot it was like oh that's cool so now when you're watching you can look for it and you're like oh yeah i can see what they're doing yeah for sure um, they do learn that fire, like, will at least hurt the stuff, because that's how she gets it off Moe's face. She burns it. And then, I think that guy was supposed to finish them off if the stuff didn't get him? Is that what you think? Yeah, it's like the stuff got confused. It just got, like, into attack mode and just attacked whatever close to it. Yeah, I think that's what happened. But they run out, hop in his truck, and drive away. And they're, like, back to the airport. But on the way to the airport, they see all the trucks, and they're like, where are they going? Well, somewhere they don't want to be seen if they're moving all this at night, so they follow the stuff trucks to the mine. Yeah, and also, like, Jason now has, like, he's, like, sneaking around, and he's, like, found himself, like, by all these trucks and whatnot, and his bright idea is, like, where do I hide? Oh, let's go inside the tanker truck. Yeah, the thing that they're just going to fill up with whatever they're going to put in here, but nothing you're going to be able to breathe in. Like, run into the woods. Run anywhere else. Don't run to where the stuff is going to be. Yeah, or at least hang out on the outside of the truck or something. Yeah, or just, like, hide behind a tree and wait for them to leave. Yeah, they see them pumping the stuff from the ground into the trucks. Mo dresses up as a worker, tells Nicole to meet him later down the road, does he have, like, random, like, explosives that he's planting all along, like, the rock wall around here? Oh, yeah, he has, like, uh, ex he has, like, what, what's that even called? It's, like, um... C4? Yeah, he has, like, C4. They Like, exactly, he's planting all around this quarry that he, like, where did he get this from? I don't know, like, has he been hanging out with this the whole time? Last I checked, you're a PI, not, like, a demolition expert. Yeah, also, like, this is kind of where the movie turns into the A-Team. Oh, no, a little later, but uh, yes. But kind of with, like, the music starts kicking in, and it's so, it's almost the A-Team theme song, but it's, like, a couple notes different. Okay, so Cohen, just for my limited knowledge of him, does this weird thing where he makes horror movies, and then in the third act likes to turn them into war movies. 
Right. Have you noticed it's like cute? Like there's a giant battle scene with basically the military fighting the the serpent here. Like it literally turns into a full on battle with the military and everything. I I guess that's just something he likes to do. Yeah, it's like, uh, how do we end this movie? A giant shootout. Yeah, I feel like he always wanted to make war movies and then got stuck doing horror. I think he also, well, he did westerns as well before, so that kind of makes sense why he likes guns. Oh, that's true. But, I think he did Branded. Oh, I don't know. I've never or, seen it. Uh, did you ever watch Big Lebowski? Yeah. Where he's like, uh, they're singing it when the dude, I think he's like, um, like half knocked out and he's singing the Branded theme song. <laughs> Oh, okay. I know what you mean. I never saw it, though, but I've seen Lebowski, but not Brandon. Yeah. So he attacks, like, a bunch of workers here and everything, and just jumps in one of the trucks. Oh, because he hears Jason's in the one. They already started pumping some of the stuff in, though, but not a lot. Is that supposed to be all that they put in the truck, or did they get cut short? I think it got cut short because he drives away and the nozzle gets, like, sucked out of the uh, big reservoir thing. But this is once again where Mo just happens. Mo has no idea where Jason is. As far as Mo knows, he's still at the airplane. Yeah, and everything's okay at the plane. And he's just happens to walk by the same tanker that Jason is stuck in, and here's Jason, and is immediately like, oh, that's Jason, this kid I've known for, like, half a day. I better save him again. He's terrible at watching this kid. If he didn't happen to walk past that truck, that kid would be dead. Oh, way dead. Also, I'm pretty sure he, like, adopts him at the end of the movie, but... <laughs> I'm, that's kind of the way it's set up. Well, it's almost like his Padawan now, where it's like, yeah. yeah, now I will train you in the ways of scumbaggery. Yes. But he drives away, uh, he picks up Nicole, and they, they're they all going, I guess they get Jason out, I don't remember how, but they get Jason out, he's riding in the truck with them. Yeah, he like hops up real quick and like grabs them out of the tr- tanker truck, and that's when like the stuff like, is starting to, like, try to come up through the hatch, and he, like, slams the door on it. Oh, yeah. They also... He also ignites the explosives as he's driving out, collapses the big rock wall onto the stuff. Yeah, which is a pretty cool, like, scene to see, which you... Because you know they probably did that with, like, miniatures. Oh, yeah. So, but I... Yeah, I don't think they blew up a mine. No. Anytime I see miniature work like that, and it comes in later as well... I just always love to see that because it's just it's practical and the miniatures are like so well done. Dude, I, I'll fall down some holes where I just watch that stuff. Like and a lot of times, especially in modern movies where they use miniatures, you would never know. Like it's crazy. Oh yeah, they're like perfectly like they know how to shoot it, like from what angle and like how and like the detail on the buildings or whatever they it's insane. Dude, I know everyone always said it was nothing but CGI, but um, Star Wars The Phantom Menace, the whole pod race thing, that whole set's like miniatures, a lot of it. Not everything, but like where you see like the big racetrack and all the stands and everything. Yeah. It's crazy. I never noticed like until I saw that, but that's a big miniature set. Yeah, I'm surprised they did that with his like boner over CGI for that trilogy. Yeah, I know. But that's just all say. Yeah, miniature work's cool. But also, I just real quick because we're on that. Have you ever seen the behind the scenes of like where it's just like three actors and they're just standing in like a green room? There's nothing around them, and then it transitions yeah. to what they're doing, and it's like this elaborate bridge, and you see air like the ships in the back and. Dude, I have a lot of respect for actors who can do the whole, like, complete green room acting, because I would just be the worst at it, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh yeah, no wonder why sometimes the, like, dialogue comes off kind of, like, flat. They're in a flat yeah. room. Yes, yeah, like, just green. Uh, the way they get Nicole, too, is she's being attacked by a worker, and Mo just runs over the worker. Yeah. So, like I said, you wouldn't think this movie has a huge count of the dead. They keep racking up, and then we get big numbers later. Um, they get pulled over by a cop, and he's like, you know your hose was hanging out. And he goes, are you going to arrest me for indecent exposure? <laughs> Another just great one-liner. Like, every time I hear that in the movie, I just laugh out loud. The cop doesn't like their joke at all, though. He seemed like, whatever, I'm just going to give you a ticket. He says, like, get out of the car. All of you. And, like, he has his gun drawn on Mo, and they're like, oh, wait, if the hose is hanging out, all the stuff is going to go to waste. 
I'm really hungry. I better go get some. They basically lure the cop to the back. Like, aren't you hungry? Like when I'm trying to get my one dog to take a bath. Like, I'm like, oh, I have a treat. Come on. Don't you want it? And it works. <laughs> they lure him to the back with the stuff. Yeah, I love they're like, oh, you know how it is after you don't have the stuff for an hour or two. I'm just starving. You're probably starving too, aren't you, officer? And then they're uh, start like fake like you're eating the stuff. They're like, mmm, it's so good. <laughs> and then like Mo just kind of like just whaps him in the back of the head. Kind of, it looks almost open palm, but knocks him out, and then they drive away. Yeah, it's like an open slap, and it knocks him out. Yeah, but with a big whoosh sound effect as he does it. Yes. They're driving, and they're like, I know where I gotta go. And they pull up to a fucking castle. This is where the movie just turns for the bizarre from here on out. Oh, it just takes another turn that you didn't see it com- like coming. This is like another turn in a movie that already has so many, where you wouldn't need another one. But they're like, no, we're gonna introduce... Knock off Alex Jones and his, like, private military of, like, nutballs. Yeah. So they pull up to the castle and all these soldiers pop up out of the grass. Is these soldiers' jobs to just lay in the grass all day in case someone shows up? Well, I see them as, like, a private militia of, like, they're not, like, a actual army. They're just a bunch of people that are, like, the doomsday people or, like, the bunker people. I'd agree with you if he wasn't an actual colonel. Well, they just call him Colonel. Oh, okay. That might be it then. Or he may have been a Colonel before he got kicked out of the military for being insane. And they still call him that. And like his platoon followed him of like, they're just chilling in middle of like this random place, like in the United States. And they have a castle. Yes. Where is there a castle in Georgia? The the, the Alex Jones militia owns it. (laughs) But they want to talk to Colonel Spears. They talk to him, and he's this guy who's crazy about communists putting fluoride in the water and everything. He's like, basically lures him in with, I I think you were onto something, but I got something bigger. And, you know, tells him about the stuff, this product that all Americans are eating, controlling their minds, and basically gets him and his militia on his side. Yeah, and we find out that, like, Mo, when he was in the FBI, like, was looking into them because he's like, he tells him something like that to like give himself credit, but he's like, but now I believe you kind of like, he's just playing into his ego. Like, I don't care. Like, this is just words I need to say to make you do what I want you to do. Yeah, but it works. And so they basically Trojan horse this truck because they have a guy drive it back to the facility. He's like, Hey, is this one of yours? I found it abandoned. You got a reward for me. And, who shoots? Does the worker shoot him or does he shoot the worker? No, yeah, the worker shoots the guy that jumps out of the truck that, like, quote-unquote, found it. And that's when the military, like, jumps out of nowhere. I think they're in the truck. I think they're all riding in the tanker. <laughs> they're just, like, you know, just they're all huddled in there. It's just all these, like, sweaty, overweight men. Oh, yeah, they look like the worst militia ever. You know they went to anyone and everyone who's like, yeah, I'll be in the movie. Like, here you go, put on this camo camo jacket. It's like, sir, will you please put the hot dog down? We're trying to film. It's like, that wasn't <laughs> part of this. But then the whole military jumps out and storms the facility, like, shooting, like, workers and stuff. And then over the loudspeakers, like, the facility is under attack. Do not engage. Follow the plan. Yeah, and the plan is the stuff, like, at first they think they took cyanide capsules, because they walk into the factory, and he's like, those assholes jipped me out of, like, my killing spree that I wanted, and, um... It's just like a mass suicide, all of them are dead. Yeah, no, it's basically, they think it's cyanide, but the stuff just crawled out of them. Yeah, which was keeping them alive. Also, I had to pause this and count bodies here. Oh, so all these count. These count. They all died in the movie. Oh, good. And on screen. Yes, this is going to be so many. Um. Also, why are Nicole and Jason at the battle? Yeah, why did they bring the child and, like, the, um, what is, what's her job? Like, she's, like, a hype person. Public like, relations? Yeah, she's a public relations, like, person. Why are they there? 
I don't know, but after they see the bodies, like, you better get Jason out of here. And they leave, and then they're attacked by the giant stuffy blob. Yeah, and Jason's like, I don't want to leave. I want to look at them. This one looks like shaving cream, this version of the stuff. Oh, yeah, that comes out of the wall. Yeah, and, like, chases them. They get away, and then the stuff breaks out of the factory walls. Also, two additional deaths here the wall falls on. Oh, this is earlier when I said, like, sometimes the stuff looks like a Taco Bell, like, diarrhea shit. This is the one I was talking about. Oh, that makes complete sense here, yes. It's just, like, it's wet and it erupts. Yeah, you're very right. (laughs) I don't like that image, but you're very correct. (laughs) The... The colonel conveniently owns a couple of radio stations, so they fly to Atlanta to broadcast a warning about the stuff. And this is my favorite thing, because they land in Atlanta, and all of this militia gets in taxi cabs. <laughs> the taxi cabs all pull up to the radio station, and you think they're sitting there calmly. They get out of the cabs, and they all like, ah! Like, scream and run out of the cabs of the radio station. I know I'm not doing it justice, but holy shit, if you watch this scene, it's something magical. I love to, like, so they get out of the airplanes, but they don't just walk to the cabs. They military run with their guns waving around, and they're screaming, and they're like, hut, 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 hut. The 30 feet to the cabs, then they get in the cabs, and they sit calmly. And then as soon as they get out, they're like, ah, huck, 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 huck. and I love they get in like the, like, uh, the huddle, like the football huddle. And they're like, okay, you and you and you pay the cabbies and give them a 10% tip on the double. They're like, yes, sir. Huck, 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 huck. It's incredible. I love this whole like 10 minutes of them just commuting. It's hilarious. It's it's no no joke, like a highlight of the movie for me. This is where I'm like, okay, this went from being okay or ridiculous to I love it. Like, these military guys are so bored because all they ever do is lay around in a field waiting for something to happen. And they're like, oh, we get to play military now. They're like taking full advantage of it. Yeah. Um, the colonel's in there talking about how they're going to broadcast it. He goes, well, what's playing now? Something and then a tribute to Elvis. Oh, local sports and then a tribute to Elvis. They turn on the broadcast and there's a stuff for the ad. And the colonel gets so angry about the stuff ad. Yeah, he's like, get that shit off my ear! <laughs> <laughs> and here is the return of Chocolate Chip Charlie. Oh, yeah, which I love, like, every single one of these military guys is giving Chocolate Chip Charlie, like, a hard time, and he just keeps hitting him with his hat, like, get off me, I'm gonna go see Mo, and uh, and it's <laughs> fucked up, too, because, like, he goes into, uh, uh, he finally fights his way into the booth, and Mo's like, no, it's okay, he's with me, and then the head general guy comes in, and he's like, I'm not going to be having someone like you here, because he's racist. Yeah, I, I did write, Colonel is racist, because he's like, uh, you can talk on it if you don't spread that commie propaganda, or something like that. Yeah, and it's like real fucked up, where it's just like, okay, like, are you supposed to be one of our heroes? Yeah, I don't know. I guess in the quote of the grand scheme of good guys versus bad guys, bad guys is just the stuff in this movie, so I guess so, but yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit racist, but whatever, I guess they need all the help they can get. Yeah, yeah, he owns the radio station, so he's just like, we just need, we need to use him to get the message out. Yes. And this is also where, like, he's talking to Nicole about, like, make his making his image better. Yeah, he is, but then we find out he is one of them. He's eating the stuff somehow. And this is my favorite effect in the movie. I think this looks awesome. Oh, Chocolate Chip Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. When, like, the stuff comes out of him and, like, starts attacking Nicole. Like, when I say attacking, just kind of blobbing around her. But his face, like, jaw unhinges and his head goes back and gets all squishy as it comes out. It's really cool looking. Yeah, like, his head, like, gets, like, super extended and, like, fucked up looking. Yeah. Uh, the way they stop this is great. They break the glass to the little room they were in. They cut an electrical cable in half, and Mo grabs both ends of it and electrocutes the stuff. But this is done with, it's not even, like, 
it's like a super primitive like green screen version of like they were like overlaying like two pieces of film on each other it has like that look because it looks so bad like the effects but it's so hilarious because it's just like michael moriarty keeps like shoving like just wires until you know that's nothing because they're the blob part of it's like the added in part and he just doesn't know when to stop the effect is bad here not the chocolate chip curly the special effects of like the c the not cg but like the overlay or however they do it i guess is a green screen i don't know well it's like yeah like kind of an overlay type thing i believe yeah but after that everyone's fine like no we have to get this warning out we're not gonna have this airtime again i don't know how you own the radio station but plot so they do the warning to everyone and they tell them how the stuff is evil and it's controlling people and here's the crazy thing brett everyone just goes okay and listens they're like sure random like ex-colonel man who runs like weird military thing okay this like the stuff like it's basically like if alex jones went on is like coca-cola's bad they put something in the water like no one's going to believe him, but I guess this is in the 80s when, like, it was like, oh, the radio said it, so it must be true. And they don't just stop eating this stuff. They burn down the oh. shacks. They throw it on the ground. There's, like, like remember when, like, religious people burnt Beatles records and, like, giant piles and everything? They're doing that with containers of the stuff. Oh, yeah, like, when they burn, like, the Beatles and Kiss and whatnot, like, in the town square. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're doing. They explode a stuff shack, the one we said that was right next to the McDonald's. This is a big montage of everyone turning on the stuff. Like someone trying to get a Big Mac just got some shrapnel. Yes. Uh, Then Nicole's recapping on TV basically everything that happens. As many lives are lost, those who are consumed with the stuff. Um, Yada yada. She's just, I guess still in charge of public relations at first it looked like they were just doing like a plot dump at the very end like they do in psycho where like they explain the ending to the people and i thought because she's just looking into the camera and i'm just like oh my god are they just like literally wrapping this up with her like just staring at us being like this is what the ending is and this is how it happened but then like luckily it turned into oh this is like a commercial thing yeah uh, we cut back to Mo talking to that business exec who tried to buy him off, but now he's working with the guy who hired him to spy on the stuff, and the stuff guy are working together, and now they're marketing the taste. Yeah, which they're like, it only has 12% of the stuff in it, just enough to get them addicted, but it won't like have the mind-controlling thing in it. Yeah, and Moe's going to have none of this, and Jason comes in carrying a big box, and he goes, Jason! serve the gentleman and they're like this is no place for a kid and they're like oh he's not really much of a kid anymore grew up fast lost his entire family saw a lot of shit like basically like i said he's basically adopted jason i love the delivery and you just did that perfect oh thank you i'm so happy i could do moriarty doing southern but yeah jason's standing there in like a leather jacket basically where he's like now i'm badass and cool because my family died. Yeah, and Moriarty, Mo, he also played by Moriarty, pulls out the gun and is like, you're gonna eat that or this is gonna eat you or some cheesy line like that. He says, this hole keeps getting bigger and bigger. I don't know what he means, but he's threatening to shoot them if they don't eat. Exactly. Because they've still never eaten the stuff or the taste, and my favorite single word line in this movie that I laughed at and kept rewinding is Jason holding this taste and it's going eat! (laughs) (laughs) It's it's near garbage day levels. I loved it. (laughs) Or two, oh my god! (laughs) We gotta make like a super compilation of all these (laughs) but eat is definitely going on there. Yes. But then, like, we get, like, a time lapse of them just eating the whole tubs of it all. Well, I'd love where the one, like, the one guy takes a tiny little taste, and then he's like, oh, this is good. And he, like, nudges the guy beside him, being like, oh, yes, very good. <laughs> like, he immediately is addicted. Yeah, it's it's 
still not good for you. And then we have the most random ending scene, which is just stuff dealers on the street pulling up in a dark alley and someone going up and seeing they have a trunk load of the stuff. Oh, I love it so much because it's basically like they're doing a Coke deal because then they open up the box and they open up the container of stuff and he like... And they all look like they're, like, going through withdrawals. Their eyes are fucked up and, like, sunken in looking. Like, they're, like, pale and, like, sweaty. And he takes, like, a finger full of the stuff to, like, test it. And it's, like, he, like, basically gives a thumbs up. He's, like, yes, it's it's real stuff. Imagine how much, if this happened today, you could get for, like, a case of the stuff on eBay after it was all gone. Oh, God. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's going for, like, $2,000, like, per jug. Oh, dude, that's a flipper's dream right there. But, yep, and then credits. That was the stuff. Yeah, which, it's a fun movie. It's all over the place. The plot barely makes sense with this razor-thin wire. Very razor-thin, but, yeah, it's there. It's a hell of a time, and I gotta say, I do recommend this one. Like, I can say with certainty, yes, watch the stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was a really fun time. Uh, you want to get in Count of the Dead? Yes, let's do the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, the Thriving Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie and add them to our grand total of all the movies we've ever done. Last episode we did Scream, which left us with 775. Where do you think the stuff brought us? Well, I'm just saying, like, since we saw Scream, I've just been thinking about it over and over again, and I cannot wait to watch it again. I know, I want to watch that movie again so bad, I loved it. Like, fuck, why is that not on HBO Max? So I could have already watched it four times in a row. Oh, I know, it'd be on repeat, but I actually might do a second theater watch for this one, I don't know. If, this one might be worth it. And, like, at the, the little side thing with, like, from the last episode. I remember, was... don't spoil anything, though, because they might have clicked on this one, they didn't see it yet. Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying, if my I said was always saying, like, I'm not that big of a Scream fan. Like, I've not... I don't really love the franchise. After watching the new one, I watched the original one again, and I liked it even more now. Oh, good. I'm glad. I've been fighting this fight a while. I'm glad something helped me up along on it. I'm thinking I'm coming around to scream now of like, okay, I'm liking it. Good. Okay. But yes, so... Uh, yes, Scream what left us at 775. Where do you think we're at? Like you said, there's a fuck ton of death in this movie. I'm gonna yes, there is. I'm going to say 30. 30 is a lot. 30 is a bit of an overshot. Okay. Because I just like, I remember that factory scene and the floor is just littered with people. I do remember. I can tell you the exact amount that's littered on the floor. It's 12. Okay. Um, but the total deaths was 23. Still a fuck ton. Yeah, way more than I expected for this movie, which brought us to 797. Oh, so we're three away from 800. Yeah, I'm guessing we'll hit it pretty soon. Yeah, but uh, probably in the next movie. We will see. Yes. Well, every week Greg does his count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my rating system from Dimension Z. Um, that I, I like... feel like I need to put in a big thunderclap right there or something when you say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so I like to do, uh, rate the movie one through 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best. And I rate it using something from the movie. And this one's gotta be obvious. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be, I mean, the stuff is like ice cream, like, yes. So I'm going to go ice cream. Yeah. Is, okay. is that what you were thinking? Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, so no, a number one version of ice cream, it's like, you go to like a, it's stuff that's at like a music festival or like a shitty fair where you get like a soft serve like ice cream cone or a bowl of ice cream and it's basically just milk. Okay. And you've also paid ten dollars for it, so you overpaid for something shitty. Yeah. A number ten, um, version of ice cream. I'm just gonna say it's like Ben and Jerry's, like half baked, is probably like my favorite. What's that place out by State College? The Creamery or something? Their stuff's real good, too. Or, yeah, or, like, on um, the Meadows. Like, they're a really good... Yeah, there we go. They're a really good ice cream place. Um, yeah. I'm going to give the stuff seven uh, pints of ice cream out of ten. It's just, I always have so much fun with it. It's Larry Cohen. I love his writing and how he writes people. 
and it's Michael Moriarty, and I love those two together. Yeah, this is a great time. We are also on like a three or four week trend of missing ratings from each other by half a half of rating system because I want six and a half ice cream bites. Okay, still good. Yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. Like I said, I can't say it's a great movie, but man, everyone needs to see it. It's a fun movie, and it doesn't, like like you said, there's tiny little parts that drag some in the middle. But mostly, it just keeps going, and it's just one thing after another. Dude, it's just, it's just an absolute delight. The hut, 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 birds, and eat! And then just Moriarty doing his voice. Like, it's it's great. Like the weird, like, pod people family where the dad is all of a sudden like, he's real happy. Come on, son. Join the family and eat some of the stuff. Well, we all have to eat, eat shaving cream once in a while. Yeah, you have to see this movie. Yes. I'm glad, like I said, I'm so glad you enjoyed it with your first time seeing it. Oh, definitely, did. All right, shall we tell them about next week? Yes, what are we doing next week, Greg? Well, we went from the ridiculous ice cream movie to another ridiculous inanimate object. Another ridiculous inanimate object movie next week. We're doing Rubber from 2010, aka the Killer Tire movie. Yes, uh, which is insane. Like, you want to talk about meta movies? Like, we went from Scream to like now. This one wasn't meta, but now this next one with Rubber is fucking. I'd probably rival Scream with how, like, it goes. <laughs> I'm excited to do this movie. I've been meaning to... Well, we've said for a long time we're gonna do this movie. It's about time we hit it. Yes, and uh, next week you'll be able to hear my story about how I met Robert the Tire at my very first convention. Yes, you did. I saw evidence of this the other day at your house. I have his autograph. <laughs> but yeah, so that's your job for next week, people. Watch Robert so you can be caught up. Um, do us a big favor, leave us a five-star review on whatever app you're listening to us on. It really helps the show out, get seen by more people. Um, you know, follow us on all the social medias, all that stuff. If you want more of me, I'm on Geek Positive. I think that's pretty much it. We have a really cool bonus episode coming up that I will say nothing else about just in case anything goes sideways, but really hoping everything goes great with that. Yeah, I hope everything works out and I'm super excited about it. So I hope everyone gets to hear it. Yeah, we're on track for everything to be good, but just in case, won't reveal here. Exactly. All right, well, we hope that the stuff has left your brain throbbing with horror.